KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic could affect us for years, even though pandemic-era government provisions are disappearing. Federal SNAP benefits that were increased during the pandemic ended in March, but the need has not gone away. We are facing a food insecurity tsunami. That's Sheldon Good, the Director of Development and Strategic Direction with MANA on Main Street in Lansdale, Montgomery County, talking about the end of the SNAP emergency allotments. The Pennsylvania Department of Human Services says with this benefit going away, on average, SNAP recipients in the Commonwealth will be getting $181 less a month. Some states, like New Jersey, have tried to counter this loss by expanding their state SNAP benefits. But in other places, people have had to make some impossible choices. I can't live off of my income. I'm struggling with trying to keep food in my house. So sometimes I sacrifice and don't even have but a little bit of food to pay my rent because I do want to keep a roof over my head. Simone Gann and many others are turning to food banks, which are struggling themselves with increased need. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In Depth, I'm talking with Fred Waziak, President and CEO of the Food Bank of South Jersey. We discuss the impacts of the end of those increased SNAP benefits, how the organization is pushing through, and what he's learned from facing such high demand for so long. So, we have talked several times over the last few years, and every time it seems like it's when a a threshold is passed originally the pandemic and then different times during the pandemic with the economy and inflation and everything. And recently the enhanced SNAP benefits expired on the federal level. Now, New Jersey took moves to stem that tide, adding benefits at the state level. But have you guys seen an increase in need even with that move New Jersey made? Yes, we have, Matt, and uh, it's good to be with you again. You know, it's a shame that this is sounding like a broken record. Uh, yeah, we have seen an increase. And actually, we, we started seeing an increase even prior to March 1st when the SNAP benefits, you know, the, the emergency allotment went away. As a food bank in Pensacola, we're distributed to over 200 pantries in our, our service area. I have seen more traffic end of January, February coming to the food bank of families in search of uh, emergency food. And we're, again, we're not a pantry. We serve pantries, but we do have emergency boxes on hand. But uh, this is the most traffic I have seen coming to our building in an industrial park than I, even during COVID, we didn't have this kind of traffic. And it's just been an incredible increase uh, the last two months. How much of that do you think is that change at the federal level? And it's just kind of this wave after wave of problems or hurdles or obstacles, things being put up. And for families that are just kind of, you know, finding a way to get by, there's not that slack where what seems for a lot of people might not be a big deal can be life-changing for them. It is life-changing. And again, if we can help someone breathe more easily, have healthy, nutritious food, you know, that's why we're there. What we were seeing numbers last year were higher than uh, during the pandemic. And we're seeing even numbers now higher than last year in the first you know, two, three months of this year. It's still the same. People are just really trying to get by. Do I pay for gas? Do I pay for electric, medical bills, or food? They can't do it all. Let me put some numbers in perspective. When inflation goes up, food insecurity goes up. Last year, uh, on average, families were paying $380 more a month on household goods and food. Now, if you're working two jobs and you're just trying to make ends meet, that is a lot of money over the course of the year. And plus the moratoriums that went away, now you have to, uh, you know, you're obligated to what was put on hold. 
And on top of that, so if that $380 continued to this year and $190 on average was reduced in SNAP benefits on top of the $380, if you will, that's a big hit to families that are just trying to get by uh, and make ends meet. Give an example, we're serving 58 more percent of uh, people this first three months than we did last year. 58 more uh, percent. This is the first time that we went over 150,000 people a month in March. Height of COVID, it was about 95,000. Last year, on average, about 112, 115,000. Pre-COVID, about 47,000 uh, people a month. So this has really hit hard in our uh, local uh, community and across the country. Have you been able to meet the need? Are you getting the, the donation and the money you need? Let me first uh, start that we have great support from the state of New Jersey with Speaker Coughlin. They did a lot, about $50 more per family, per household to help with the SNAP, but that still is not enough. Our donations aren't keeping up with the need is here. That turns into a, you know purchasing power. This model is unsustainable. You know, we have, we have the less government food and we're purchasing more food, which means, you know, uh, the pockets have to go deep. Our resources of fundraising is on top of its game, but we still, we don't see any end in sight. Do people realize that the extra benefits from New Jersey are available? Because that's one of the things, as much as you applaud that, it just, it seems like it would be easy for people to fall through the cracks. Yeah, so a couple of things. One, SNAP is the largest anti-hunger program in America. For every dollar of SNAP equals nine meals from Feeding America. Feeding America is the second line of, of defense for those trying to make ends meet. And so when you know these SNAP benefits go away, Feeding America is trying, again, across the country, we have to purchase more food. It's just a bad formula right now. And the other thing with SNAP, for every dollar spent in the local community, $1.52 comes back. So it's really a wonderful program. The second part of this, as we have beefed up, as well as other food banks, their SNAP outreach departments. So in other words, uh, we are out in the communities, neighborhoods, at pantries, promoting and trying to get as many people awareness and education and help them sign up for the SNAP benefits that they deserve. We need to take a break. We will have more with Fred Waziak right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio In-Depth, continuing our conversation with Fred Waziak, President and CEO of the Food Bank of South Jersey. We seemed to, in the emergency of the early pandemic, we seemed to kind of get a lot of things right with regards to enhancing benefits like this. Just throwing money in people's pockets with the stimulus money. And we can have discussions of the impact with inflation. But we saw some extraordinary numbers of people pulled out of poverty, specifically because of these programs. But then we kind of lose the red alert and it kind of, we revert back to the business as usual. And how frustrating is it as someone on the front lines to see this program that did incredible work helping people and then to just have it, ah, now we're good. Well, it'll end at the end of the month. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's the, that's unfortunately the observation that, you know, everything's uh, back, but it's not. You know, our pantries that we serve are reporting 40 to 60% more need, especially since the SNAP benefits went away. They're trying, I mean, these are, you know, hardworking frontline volunteers, nonprofits throughout the four counties that we serve. It is frustrating. It's just, it, and, you know, they rely on us for, you know, the very high percentage of what they receive as far as the food and resources. And so this is, it's very frustrating. It's frustrating for us. 
you know, I, I was just at two Feeding America conferences in the last two weeks. And, you know, it's great to be amongst colleagues, but we're all sharing the same story, the same frustration uh, with no end in sight. But this is committed group of people really trying to uh, meet and exceed the need. But it's, uh, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher. You mentioned the events that you were with colleagues. What are you hearing from people whose states weren't so proactive to try to cushion the, the blow of those SNAP benefits expiring? Because I'm sure there are a lot of states that where it's basically now we're good and these are states that it's, they make it very difficult to get help, you know, under normal circumstances. Like, what are you hearing as far as need and the stories from, from states like that? If you were to interview any of the 199 uh, food bank CEOs, you pretty much would get the same story I'm telling you. It's not a story, but the reality. And good point to your observation. Yes, there's many states out there whose states have not supported uh, to help buffer the federal reduction of SNAP. And again, hats off to our uh, state of New Jersey, the administration for meeting that. And we talk about that. We're also the first state in the country to have an appointed food security advocate to lead a department for us to keep moving forward. Uh, so our state is committed. And, you know, when I have these discussions, I, I don't hold back. You know, I said, we got wonderful support from our state, but not everyone can live in New Jersey. We're proud of the collaborative work we've done with our sister food banks in New Jersey and the work we've done with our legislators. And, uh, and we're in it for the long haul. We know that we're better together. So we're going to keep moving forward. I feel like every time we talk, I kind of ask you some form of this question, but how has the day-to-day -day operation had to adapt to try to meet the need? Prior to the pandemic, we had the government shutdown, right? And so it's all relative. We thought, oh my gosh, the government shutdown, serving TSA. Well, really that prepared us a little bit of the capacity that we needed for COVID. And so COVID, all food banks, including the Food Bank of South Jersey, to build out capacity, really not knowing that we're going to even be at a more horrific situation in our environment now really helped us uh, learn many things, change things, adapt things, uh, has really prepared us for a good foundation of where, we're, where we are at. Uh, but we're not done yet. There are pantries, new pantries still joining the Food Bank of South Jersey. And actually our, our latest pantry is right at the joint uh, airbase. So uh, nonprofits are still looking to pivot because of the need and how can they help serve their community in a food uh, secure way. You know, we have, uh, we were able to build capacity and staff to meet the need. Like I said, our SNAP department, we've increased personnel there. Again, because SNAP is the, is the number one defense for people not to go hungry. Uh, the food banking is second. We also, in our procurement department, we added additional resources because not only procuring healthy, nutritious foods, because government food is down, but also in donations. And so we were able to, um, our donations have increased over last year, but to your earlier question, Matt, they're not keeping up with the need. We have a strong formula and it's just going to be uh, enduring, you know, these next several months and not sure where it's going. When people donate, cash is the best thing just because you guys can get more bang for your buck the way you purchase and procure food than the average person. So people are hearing this and they want to help you or any of the other organizations that do great work like this. Yes, it is. And uh, you know us so well. I'd, I'd welcome you to be our uh, honorary uh, staff member in our development department to keep spreading the good word. You know, the formula that we have through Feeding America in our particular area of South Jersey, $1 equals three meals. That allows us to have the right a choice of healthy, nutritious food that everyone deserves and those that we're serving. So foodbanksj.org, find the 
Uh, there's a tab there, Food Finder was one. It's uh, you know yourself or someone needs food. There's the Food Finder, you just plug in your zip code. And the other tab we welcome you to, if uh, you have the means to do so, go to the donate page uh, that will help. You talked about early in the conversation about you've got people who have not ever had to come before coming for the first time. How important is it to kind of break through any kind of stigma of shame of you did something wrong and this is why you're in a situation where you have to come to a food bank? We have broken down those barriers uh, during COVID. 40% of new people now were first-time food insecure users, if you will. And the fact that um, so many people realize where the food bank is, what the food bank does, you know, I believe another reason why we have so many numbers now that many people through conversation, again, it was someone's neighbor, someone's family member, individuals, hey, you're down and out, you need, you need a temporary relief, go to the food bank. And so the, I believe those barriers have broken down is why so many people now do not feel shame to come to us or to the pantries uh, for help. Uh, so that's a good thing. The, the challenging part is that so many people are in need. That's the thing about these last couple of years, I can only imagine from your standpoint, is you see these giant waves, but there's not that relief that, okay, that wave crested and will be, now we can get back to normal. Like, have you and your staff and the your colleagues around, have you kind of taken a deep breath and like, this is kind of life and we need to work at this level and figure something out because it's not, there, there isn't going to be a, a revert to normal anytime soon. No, and if this is the new norm, uh, you know that's uh, that's pretty alarming. Yeah, you know we're an organization that uh, you know we do we do take our mindful moments. We support each other throughout the days. We have a wonderful department, a human resource department with uh, you know just very uh, healthy benefits of uh, you know ensuring that people do take their time. Self care is very important with those programs we run, mindfulness programs. So there is a supportive group. And, uh, you know, we're blessed, the food bank and across the country, uh, these are people that are called to this uh, vocation. And so it doesn't mean that we don't get tired. Yes, we're tired, but we support each other and we need to for us to get through this. We're hoping, you know, there's, there's a lot of hope in what we do. And amongst ourselves as a, as a staff team, yes, we're hoping that there's going to be some, something's going to work sooner or later that we can start shortening these lines. But, you know, I, I would be remiss and dishonest if I didn't say this is tiring work, uh, but we have a dedicated, committed staff that knows that uh, everyone has a job to do and we're forging forward. If you had the power, what are one or two things we could do to really make a difference? What are some ideas that could really help stem this tie, turn things around here? Are, are, there, are there ideas or policies you guys kick around that boy, if we could see this, it would really help. You know, the Feeding America has been working with uh, our, our legislators uh, at the federal level, locally at the state level. You know, the, the best defense against Hugger, and one of our colleagues in the Feeding America Network said, is a, a good offense, meaning that no one should ever experience hunger. As long as we have living wages, affordable housing, excellent, accessible health care, et cetera. And this is a whole different conversation, but I'm answering your question as best I can right now is, you know, so how do we meet people where they're at, get to the root causes, and through whether it's uh, policy, people's awareness, there's a real need out here other than uh, just the surface of what we're talking about. Uh, and again, the second defense is SNAP and, and, and uh, Feeding America. So yeah, there's a lot of work to do, but what's in front of us right now is uh, just a ripple effect 
of where we were the last couple of years. And, you know, I said this before, Matt, and I'll say it again, you know, 2008, the Great Recession, it took 10 years to get to the food insecurity numbers to what it was pre-2008. So 2018. So, again, what we're experiencing here is, is, is uh, the greatest event since uh, the Great Depression. And that sounds like a broken record, but it's going to take some time to get out of this and then to address, continue to address these root causes so we can shorten the lines in, t- in years to come. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.